Welcome to the Clash Act Podcast. But first, we're going to take a word from our sponsors, Morrissey Motors. Hello, Martin here from Morrissey Motors, Peugeot Kilkenny. We have the full range of environmentally friendly, award-winning vehicles in petrol, diesel, hybrid and electric. Our 208, 3008 and 508 have all won Car of the Year. Our 5008 seven-seater has won SUV of the Year. And not forgetting Ireland's best-selling commercial, the award-winning Partner Van. That's five in a row, Martin. It is, Brian. That's impressive. Contact the lads in Morrissey Motors, Waterford Road, Kilkenny, today. And you're very welcome to this week's edition of the Clash Act podcast with myself, Eddie Scally, in the hot seat. And I'm delighted that I've gone back up towards my roots and home and Athlone. And I'm joined by an Athlone GEA man and Westmead footballer, former Westmead footballer, of course, John Cannell. And John, good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. Uh, nice to be on. Thanks for having me. No, it's... Uh, you're, you're, you're from the wrong side of the town, uh, I heard, so... Um... Look, we'll try. We'll try keep it friendly here today. We can, yeah, yeah. No, no, hundred percent. I presume you're not intermediate anymore, are you? <laughs> no, 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 we're not. No, that was just a brief, uh, um, yeah, bump in the road, and we'll call it that. But no. we've had Gary Castle, Gary Castle, first round the championship this year as well. So you, you'll be interested. Uh, uh, I'm sure on Air VTV, you'll be tuned into it. So yeah, no. As soon as they let the crowds back, I'll be going home. They're the games I like to go. With my nephews and uh, are kind of big Athlone GM, and unfortunately, but. All of the rest of us are uh, on the right side of the town with Gary Castle, but it's it it is great, and I suppose the rivalry between the two clubs it's 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 fun more than that. And there's not there's no real bias between the two of us. We do hate each other and love beating each other, but at the end of the day, we say we still go out and have a few points in the crack together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, look, it has particularly kind of in 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 the more recent years. Like um, we all we've all gone to school together, come up through the same schools and that kind of thing. Like um, so look, at there's. A, a, I, I suppose it's it's a rivalry on the pitch. It's it's a pretty fierce rivalry, which unfortunately Gary Castle have got the better side of us for 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 the you know that the, the last number of years. But um, look, hopefully we can kind of start to bridge that gap up here. Um, but look, all friends off the pitch, the majority of us, you know. So I know it's great, and it's something. It's great for your club to have something to aim to uh, try and get up there beside us again. Um, <laughs> but we'll get off that. We we'll stop the cutting there now early. But John, you penned a letter like. You're, you're a former Westmead footballer. You've, you've, you had a decent career at Westmead, um, but you penned a letter. I'd say, you know, a lot of people probably felt more out of frustration, but it, in some ways out of fear as well for, for Gaelic football in, in Leinster particularly and, say, the whole of Ireland. And it was aimed specifically at, at funding and, and, and what you felt was the unfair distribution of funding uh, in the GEA. I suppose lots of people and, and, and all of our listeners would have would have read that letter at this stage and would have heard about the letter. Can I ask, what's happened since the the letter was written? What's what, have you gotten any satisfaction? Um. Well, look. I mean, you're right. I suppose to say that it was born out of frustration. It was actually funny. I mean, kind of when I when I finished up uh, playing uh, inter county football, which um, you know I think 2017 or that. Um, I remember I, I kind of, I think just on one of my social media or something like that, I just commented, I was like, look, you know, had a lot of updates, a lot of lot of good days and a lot of bad days with Westmead, but just kind of said that, look, there's a lot of disillusionment out there. And that's, say, going back as far as 2017. And I kind of said, look, hope, hopefully the GA can kind of look at things and, 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 you know, plan for the future. Kind of say from when I finished up then and, and, when I penned the letter after last year's Leinster final, you know, again it was it was just after watching watching another whitewash of a of a Leinster final, and just I suppose the the devaluing of of the Delaney Cup. I mean, I my I, my childhood I can remember huge days following Westmead uh, around around Leinster and up to Crow Park for um for for Leinster championship matches and like the Delaney Cup was one of the most I suppose hotly contested provincial championships, and obviously that all changed co- towards the end of the kind of nineties and, and and through through the noughties where we've seen one team win I think it's sixteen of the last seventeen now at this stage. So I suppose it's become a, a a dead a dead rubber every year. Kind of since since the letter to go back to your question, um, I, I suppose we've obviously that letter seems to have resonated with a lot of people around around the country, which. You know, I suppose when I put it out there, I didn't know what was really what kind of traction it was going to get, if any. 
Uh, clearly it did. It resonated with an awful lot of people. An awful lot of people agreed with me. I mean, on both sides of the divide as well, like Dublin and um, and 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 the rest of the country, uh, not only just Leinster. But I mean, a, a lot of a lot of dubs that I've uh, spoken to, they remember fondly those great days in Crow Park with the, with the Mead rivalry, the Kildare rivalry. I mean, the time we pipped them in 2014, and and I think the year before Kildare bet them um, as well. I'm sorry, 2004 we when we when we bet them. And yeah, I think they missed those days as well. Like, I mean, their season doesn't really start until you know All Ireland semi final. Um, when 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 they'll meet one of the other kind of big boys, you know, um, so like there it it definitely resonated, and 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 since then, I mean, I kind of found myself in the middle of of this thing due to the reaction. Like I suppose, uh, you know, not not necessarily on purpose, but I've kind of found myself in 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 the middle of this debate, and maybe become a bit of a credible voice in in the in the debate with some of the dialogue that's been going on in the meantime, but. I suppose we've kind of uh, there, a, a number of GA kind of members uh, kind of reached out to me and says, "Look, if you need any help with this, we'd love to push it further and that kind of thing." And there were various different uh, proposals made, and it ultimately decided that uh, the the way to try and do this would be to by bringing a, a motion to Congress um, to try and I suppose change the the current status quo. And and um, we 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 worked a way to to develop a, a kind of a, a motion that we think would make it a more equal allocation of funding, and that would be based on membership. Um, and uh, we put together that motion and distributed it among the clubs because I suppose our view is that the power of the GAA, believe it or not, actually lies in the clubs. Like every club has the the power to bring a motion to Congress and, and change the rules if they're not happy with them. And so that's something obviously we recognised and we kind of essentially handed the motion over to the clubs and it's received a, a wide range of support. Um, I think we've clubs in excess of uh, 22 counties that have already agreed to bring uh, the motion to their county board convention. Hopefully they can get passed at, at the county board convention and, and, and on to, to Congress then where they can be debated on, on the floor of Congress. So. Look, we've made we've made significant kind of strides, and clearly there's a groundswell kind of movement that that wants to see change. Um, and we've asked for dialogue with the GAA, which we've had a certain amount of dialogue with uh, Tom Ryan and, and some of the coaching and games development committee and that kind of thing. But um, like, I mean, for instance, I'm kind of in excess of three or four months waiting for just basic data because obviously our motion is is predicated on membership figures. And the GA stopped releasing publicly their membership figures in 2015. So for us to actually fully inform the clubs and counties that want to actually ratify our motion, we actually don't have the the, the most recent figures because the GA have, won't release them. Um, so we need that kind of information. But really, you know, it's not like the GA are knocking, knocking, knocking the doors down to speak to us and, and to even acknowledge, I suppose, that there's a problem, which is the most worrying thing. But look, at I, th- I think, as I said, we've uh, there. There is a, a groundswell movement here that that's it's going to come to a head, and and we said it'll come to a head in Congress 2022, hopefully. And John, like, if we were to look at the marquee points in 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 the letter that you'd sent, so we'll we'll take them on their merits. Um, you know, like one of the biggest issues that you you raised was basically the development funds that have been set up within counties and. I think you drew comparisons to say Mayo, which was getting probably, you know, one tenth or something like that, or one twentieth of of Dublin's allocation. Um, like, if 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 you take the actual funding on its own, and it's because I I've had this argument with people in the past where you look and see Dublin. I think Dublin got something like sixteen million in a ten year period or twelve year period, where other counties were getting eight hundred thousand and nine hundred thousand. Like, what do you want to see happen? Like, is it is it a case that you feel it should be equally distributed between every county. Should Leitrim get the same allocation as Dublin, or, or or what way? Like, what's the right system in your opinion? Well, no. So, like, I mean, and, and that's kind of what our our uh, motion kind of speaks to. So, look at, I mean, under 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 the proposals that we have made, the funding, the allocation for coaching and games development money, and I suppose just to fully inform your your listeners and your viewers there. 
where the great disparity lies here is, as you've said, in the uh, coaching and games development grants which are distributed um, to to Dublin, and, and and I suppose you're rightly kind of pointed out, I suppose some of the um, some some of the kind of discrepancies. Like, I mean, it's like, and, and to to go further on that, like Dublin GA received twenty million in excess of twenty million in to- total coaching and games development funding from two thousand and seven to twenty twenty. That's thirty nine percent of the total allocation for uh, for countries in the Republic of Ireland, and that's in spite of only twenty eight percent of the total population. Now, like for instance, in the same period, Galway received uh, one point three million, Westmead one point one million, Cavan nine hundred eighty five thousand. I mean, that that is that's that's stark right there. The 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 differences, and. Like, we're not saying that, look, I mean, you just get the total allocation, you divide it, you know, between whatever the 34 associations, whatever, whatever it is, you know, like what we've proposed is that it would be on membership figures. So Dublin would still receive the, I suppose, the majority of the um, of the allocation for coaching and games development funding under the model that we have suggested, I suppose. The, the the main difference would be that say for instance um over five years or, or let's just take 2019 so in in 2019 um the total allocation of games development money in the country was 8.3 million of that dublin received 1.3 million in excess of 1.3 million our proposal based on membership figures would be that Dublin would have received 881,000, which would be an 11% share of the total uh, coaching and games development allocation, which again would be the most, it would, it would, it would, it would be kind of significantly the most um, allocated to any other county, but it would obviously um, deepen the pot then for all of the other uh, counties. And if, if say for instance, Leitrim had a specific project that they wanted to seek a, a, a funding above and beyond what their uh, their their membership um, would would I suppose um, derive. Well, then they can make an application to Crow Park, and and similarly, if Dublin would like to receive in excess of what they would receive under the membership model, then they could make a put their case forward, make a make an application to Crow Park for for that money. the The current model is it's just a complete ad hoc. Uh, I suppose. It's it's just you know uh, distributing uh, money from the I suppose the the general kitty without any kind of uh, I suppose you know checks and balances under it. It's just uh, and 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 under that system, Dublin have received by a completely disproportionate amount of that money. So it's really just to actually put a system in place, something that's. Will 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 keep Crow Park accountable and 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 ensure that it's it's distributed equally. You know, yeah. Like the points you make, you you make them very well. And 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 the stats, when you look at the stats themselves on their own, they're they're frightening because you look at say and and I've got some of the stats thrown out in front of me. It it, it basically the GEA allocation works out at two hundred and seventy euro per player in Dublin, and then if you take somewhere like Curry, it works out at nineteen euro per player. So, like that's. That's frightening on one side, and and when you mm. read it like that, and somebody like me that hasn't kind of dived into this and seen where where the root and all this comes from, you say it's it's scandalous. But the first call that I made when I started looking up the figures and trying to work out where it was coming from, the very first comment that got back to me was, "There's not too many clubs in Dublin own their own grounds. There's not too many clubs in Dublin have their own training facilities. There's not too many clubs in Dublin that." are in a position that they could actually go out and try... Like, the, the point that was said to me, and it was kind of condescendingly said to me, try and buy a, a facility the size of Coola GEA Club uh, in Dublin. Like, Coola GEA Club are actually at the behest of the council. They're using council grounds for their training. They don't... I think their winter facilities they're using the local schools. Now, they're a club with, I think, I was told, 3,700 members. Now, if you take our own clubs at home, Athlone, Gary Castle, Park Huron, fully owned by Athlone GEA... You're working with that, so you don't have massive mortgages to pay. You don't have rents. You don't have, and the point that was made back to me was the Coolidge GA Club. I'd scribble it down there somewhere, but yeah, they they put out they spent almost two hundred thousand euro over two years renting their facilities, and when you when you do the maths on that and bring it back, that's working out at nearly thirty euro a player. 
just to rent the pitch from the train on, which, say, Athlone GA Club, Gary Castle, Ballyhale, Shamrocks, any of us, we don't have to worry about them concerns. And that was the first argument that was put back to me. I'm sure you've had this put to you as well, that it's 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 you're not comparing apples with apples. And, and what do you say to that? Yeah, well, look, I mean, that's... It, I suppose just in terms of the uh, like, I mean, there are there are a lot of clubs that do have that do own their own uh, facilities and 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 you know that that they've developed their own facilities, and like I suppose it you could actually you could actually flip that on its head then as well, okay, and you could say that the local authorities in in Dublin, the local authority in Dublin. There's there's far more availability for like top class astroturf facilities and that kind of thing, which 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 the Dublin kind of clubs have, I suppose, at their that have at their behest, albeit that they have to that they have to rent uh, some of those uh, facilities. And I suppose, I mean, I don't necessarily. Kula GA is, is a is a fabulous uh, a GA club. Like I mean, they're the 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 envy kind of, of of all of us really when we when we look at them, but like. As you you mentioned that the the membership figures uh, for Kula GA, now if you actually also take a look at what their uh, their what what they they can afford to charge their members for membership, I mean they're like I, I suppose I'd put Kula in the category of one of those super clubs uh, along with say Bally Bowden, uh and and Kilmacud and a couple of these other, and maybe Vincent's and that kind of thing, um like we we charge for a full adult playing member sixty euro for uh our membership down in Athlone, okay? I mean you could you you can triple that in uh Kula. It's it's in and around I haven't got the figure right in front of me, but in and around kind of one hundred and eighty euro for a full adult playing member. Um now as you said that three thousand seven hundred uh members, obviously not all of them are going to be paying full. Like I mean the the uh the membership, the um their family membership I think is four times uh at, at least four either four or six times more than what we charge down here in uh, in Atalone. So conservatively you could say that a lot of these super clubs are bringing in excess of 500,000 euro in membership income and that's that's the primary income. Kula Kula announced I think two uh sponsorships in in recent years uh well well the figures weren't released but they were with uh multinational uh tech companies. Um, now, I mean, you can hazard a guess as to what kind of income um, would be derived from that as well. Uh, I mean, you only have to do a Google search to, to see the kind of uh, um, income that these clubs are generating through corporate sponsorships. So, I mean, look at it's it's they, they some of them do have to, and, and, I, and I know that was a big focus of Dublin County Board. In terms of um, the, the, of acquiring land and that kind of thing, but Dublin County Board just made a, a huge acquisition for for land um, in 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 the last in the last twelve months as well. And you're you're also looking at a county board, and and they did that for their clubs. And you're talking about a county board there as well, which I mean, in their in their last published uh, accounts. Um, I have the figure here in front of me if I can just uh, dig it out. But yeah, sorry, Dublin County Board before COVID, they returned a surplus of 2.7 million. And, you know, you couple that with uh, some of the some of the clubs taking in in excess of 500,000 euro a year in membership income. I'd, I suppose I'd, I'd, I'd struggle to buy that argument. That you know, land land is that expensive, and, and 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 renting is that expensive, and then then you couple like I mean, we're we're talking about coaching and games development money here, and and where where a lot of that from Crow Park goes, Crow Park in Dublin give that directly to Dublin County Board to distribute among the clubs, and what we're seeing in Dublin is that I know one club that has uh, at least three GPOs and a a, a, a games development manager, and two of the GPOs are part funded uh, by the club and the GAA. I mean, the other two GPOs, the club pay for them completely off their own bat. So I don't think it's a case that poor us, we're, you know, to push to the end of our collar to having to rent facilities when they can actually afford to pay 
at least three or four full-time staff off their own bat, as well as those that are part-funded by the GEA. So there's no, like, the, the GEA conduct no case analysis kind of type thing where they'll go into a club and assess their affordability, assess what they can afford or what they can't afford, and say, well, no, look, we're actually going to pull our funding back from you now because clearly you can actually afford to uh, put your coaching and games development structures and, 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 and full-time coaches in place off your own bat. There's none of that going on. It's and if, just... if you take if you take somebody like Kula, like, and, and we, we go off Kula, we'll just take an example of them because of the membership. I know the stat that was rattled off to me was that Kula GA Club's membership is the equivalent to 10% of the population of Leitrim. Um, so, you know, and they were just putting it in as one club. And the other thing, because I looked at the, the, the Point Super Club, and there is a number of clubs... Uh, like as you say, Ballyboden, St. Enders and the whole lot. But the other point that was put back to me straight away when I made the suggestion about super clubs and this kind of, you know, the likes of Kula, Kula are going to become nearly, there'll be about six clubs in Dublin that'll be at a hugely competitive edge on everybody else because they'll have such a pick, they'll have four or 5,000 members. But if you take down here in Kilkenny, Ballyhale Shamrocks are the dominant force at the moment in Hurland in Kilkenny. But Ballyhale as a parish, it's there's not one person born in Ballyhale will ever hurl for Mullinavat or will ever hurl for James Stevens because there's this it's it's you're born into it it's 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 your pride and joy I don't see you going to play for Gary Castle next month it's not going to happen it's y- y- your club is your life one club one life type of thing whereas in Dublin they don't get that type of commitment and when you've got a young player at 12 13 14 and he's playing for one of the smaller clubs but showing signs that he might be quite good his parents are a tendency to say right Let's take him out of the little small club and move him to Kula where he will get the best facilities, the best coaches and the best opportunity to go and play for the Dublin football team. So with Kula, and I, and I completely take your point, Kula is probably a profitable club in Dublin and, and there's probably six or seven other examples of it. But then at the same time, the point was made to me that there's many small clubs in Dublin that have to be bankrolled by the GEA. Like, is it fair to say, John, that, that your argument isn't so much as to who gets the money it's it's about how the decision making is made about why they get the money so for argument's sake if 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 Athlone puts together a proposal looking for 1 million for x y and z that a case study is done you bring your proposal to Westmead County Board or the GEA directly and they give you grant allocations or you know do you, do you feel it's just a case of it's just lazy accountancy in the sense that they're saying right let's just give 30% to Dublin and nothing else like I mean I'm sorry now, this is kind of a long-winded kind of thing, but no. it's if you take Kula, who you pointed out, that have a multinational tech company sponsoring them, at the same time, I, I see c- counties like Sligo or Donegal that are being sponsored by independent hotels and things like that. But then you see Dublin getting sponsored by AIG. Um, like, there's no way the Abbey Hotel in Donegal, which I remember on their shirts for years, there's no way the Abbey Hotel in Donegal is going to be in any way in a position to make the same contribution as AIG are. But these figures aren't publicised. We don't we don't get mm-hmm. to see how much money is being pumped in. Like, yeah. you know, is it is it a case that the GEA need to appoint proper accountants to sit back and actually look at it and, and, and have a proper system where applications are made above and beyond whatever each club is entitled to or what, what way are you thinking? Yeah. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I suppose the the basic premise of, of say, the motion that we're bringing is that the uh, the funding, as I said, would be would be allocated um, per per registered member. Now, again, to, to really understand what that is actually going to mean, we need to get that information from from the GA. Uh, and, and as I said, I suppose we're, that that information is outstanding. But look, at I mean, I suppose on, on your question, like it's. You know, it's it's not it's not a case of we're saying look that it's just um, you know it's it, like how it's distributed and then we don't really care about who it's distributed to. Like, I mean, you need to like for instance, if you were to just listen, look at all the secretary reports up and down the country from county board conventions, and you see, like I take my own county as of Westmead for example, like how you know they struggle to make ends meet um every single year you know i mean we've got a i suppose a, a, a dated uh you know stadium there in 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 cusick park um that that's in massive need of 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 renovation um you've got coaching and games development structures in place which have which you know are, aren't fit for purpose 
like I mean they're slowly changing now under with some good work from like guys like Darren McGee and kind of and uh, Alan Mulhall from Leinster and that kind of thing like if you if 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 you were to go into Westmead and I'm sure Carlo and is 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 similar as well and 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 I suppose maybe Kilkenny too I mean if you were to go into Westmead and if you had been working in coaching and games development in Dublin over the last 20 years you would say my god this needs huge investment over and above and beyond like you know what is you know what would be would be reasonable like you know to get it up to the level of what of what Dublin have and you've mentioned like the the smaller clubs in Dublin like I'm not saying you cut the cord on them like that's complete that's a complete kind of I suppose you know misrepresentation or or kind of misunderstanding of what what we're saying What, what we're saying is that absolutely there are smaller clubs in Dublin which hopefully if they're provided with the right financial assistance and, and, and expertise, you would say you'd try and slowly get them up to the level of, of a cooler. Now, but the first thing, if you were the GAA that you would ask is you would say, right, Dublin County Board, can you afford to provide um, this funding to your clubs or to that specific club? And you would, and, and, and if the answer was yes, well, then you say, right, fair enough, go and provide the money to them. Um now I suppose and, and and that then obviously keep in mind they 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 returned a surplus of two point seven million uh you know in, in, in their in the last published account. So that's that's how I would suggest that that would be. And then and then obviously if that you, you would do the same thing down in Westmead. So with the coaching and games development money, if Athlone go looking for money, you would say, right, Athlone, can you afford to do it yourself? If you can't then right, Westmead County Board, can you afford to do it? Subsequently, then if not, right, Crow Parker there to to provide um money. Not 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 just this kind of free for all of, of of handing money out to Dublin clubs without checks and balances that that are in place, far in excess of what's been handed out throughout the rest of the country. But the, the, these models are already in place, John. If you look at um now not in the GEA, we take we step away from the GEA. If you look at the FAI now, God Almighty, we don't want anyone to run our accounts the way the FAI ran their accounts a number of years back, and I'm not suggesting that for one second either. But um, if you look at the FAI's coaching structure, like the, the games development that they have within the FAI, you've got regional coaches in every county. Um, it's it's fairly balanced out. Um, Dublin will have the lion's share based on population. Uh, you, you know, I remember growing up on Athlone, it had just started at that time, you know, that you had yeah. these coaches that went into the schools, that went into the Mars, that went into the tech, that went into the national schools as well and helped all the kids out. And it was done on a national basis. It was assessed and it was modelled. The, the industry I work in most of the time um, where, where my, my business is, is horse racing. And and in horse racing, we're, we're you've 26 independent race courses all around Ireland that are all in some way funded through government. And that comes through horse racing Ireland. But like mm-hmm. what you've said, if my race course, Gorham Park, decides to develop, build a new stand, build a new parade rink, do some work on our stable yard, we write to Horse Race in Ireland, we send them a business plan showing them what we're going to do. Horse Race in Ireland asks us for our accounts to see exactly where we are financially and they want that our audited accounts returned to them, that it's signed off, they look at it and they say, right guys, and they'll grant aid any project worth doing up to 40% for us. So mm-hmm. the process is, is already there and I, like... Like one of the points that was put at me from the GEA was that it wasn't the GEA now, but it was it was directly at Dublin GEA because I was kind of trying to to tease out a fair argument because I'm not going to sit here and argue with you when I completely agree with you because that's just mm-hmm. silly and it's neither of us have time for that type of messing. But one of the points that was put back at me was that Dublin are so dominant in football at the moment because their club championships are so competitive that they have a competitive edge over everybody else, and um, because if you take the Hurling Championship, you've got Kula, say, Ballyboden at a time, you know, that they really push each other to the max. And the same in the football, they push each other to the max. They've got teams that go out in the field and do it. But, like, it isn't it isn't fair to say that the Dublin GEA is gone. They're gone 50 lengths ahead of everybody else now. And, uh, like, I try regularly to make an argument to say that it's not down to the financial basis of it. But, like... The point that you were making was that if a coach came down to coach a club like Athlone tomorrow and, and use what you have, and Athlone's a fine club and a big club, 
he would still get a massive shock if he was after coming away from the setup in a club like Kula. Is it is it that even a big club like Athlone are still galaxies behind the likes of Kula? Um, yeah, yeah, well, look, I mean, we have, and I, I hear, always hear the argument like, you know, I, I remember Jim Gavin saying, you know, Dublin is where it is because we've got great volunteers, like, you know, like we've got brilliant volunteers, uh, like our, I suppose, I've, I've actually seen kind of the nurseries and that kind of thing in action up in, in, in Dublin and that kind of thing. And I was just completely in awe of the, say the Sunday nursery that they would have. Um, so what we have actually tried to do, like, and, and this is solely down through our, our volunteers, is is replicate that down in, in Athlone and, and, and try and bring on our, our coaches and improve the kind of coach education structures that are in place and everything there. But like, well, like I, I, I remember uh, observing a nursery that, you know, had, as I said, you know, two, two full-time uh, GPO coaches there. And I, I would say... Our club at that level is probably ahead of 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 quite a few other clubs. So we're not doing too badly ourselves now at the moment. But I suppose that's again down through like we've had absolutely no kind of professional input from uh, GPOs or or from Crow Park. So like, but like where say for instance, I, I was speaking to one GPO in a club, and his his sole role in that club that year was to get every single one of the volunteer coaches up to the GA's, say, award one level, which is like a, a really good standard of, of, of coaching. It takes, you know, I think a, 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 at least a few days of a course to, to actually complete that and, and obtain it. So what, what you're seeing, what these GPOs are, are doing is they're bringing up the standard of coaching in inside clubs. And so... I mean, I, I'd have absolutely no doubt that one of those coaches or, or a GPO, if if they landed down in in a in, in in a county where they haven't had the benefit of that kind of professional uh, coach education and and funding and that kind of thing, they'd they'd probably get you know, God, you know, that these guys down the country are 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 light years ahead of us. And I suppose I, I remember hearing on I think it was on Woolley's podcast there a year and a half ago or something like that, and Tom Ryan was he says. He was, you know, Woolley had kind of says, "Well, look, what's going on with 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 the funding? It's it's totally disproportionate." And and Tom, you kind of, you know, well now, uh, Woolley, you know that this doesn't actually affect the senior teams. This is this is money that goes into the grassroots, and you're kind of sitting there scratching your head. And this is the yard shore of the GAA, who is failing to recognise that good quality coaching at underage has an impact on the senior team. It was just like mind-boggling stuff, like, and I'd actually love to know if he still stands over that as well, because that's that's the director general of the GEA who is, as I said, failing to recognise that the quality of coaching at underage, which is what this money does, it improves the quality and standard of coaching of our youngsters throughout the country, and um, you know it, it doesn't have an impact on on the on the end product, which is uh, your senior teams, so. Look at and, and I suppose the with with the you, you were saying about how Dublin and their their club championships being more and more competitive. See, again with all of these kids receiving top class uh, coaching, and say for instance you were at a club and all of your coaches were at award one standard. Like, I mean, you you could be almost guaranteed both of those young kids are sorry all all of the young kids when they reach like under fifteen. They'll have reached all their milestones, like kick off both feet, hand pass off both feet. And, you know, they get to under 17s, they can like, you know, uh, catch the ball, no problem over their, over their heads and, and kick points from uh, 30 yards. And that kind. It, it absolutely, and, and the, the old argument, money doesn't kick the ball over the bar. Well, <laughs> if money improves the standard of coaching, it certainly does kick the ball over the bar. And I actually, I suppose my background was... Uh, as as a youngster was primarily in in soccer as well. So, I mean, we were kind of the benefactors of some of that really good regional um, coaching stuff that was rolled out by by the FAI. But what seems to have happened kind of in in the GAA is that look at it's to, it's up to each of the individual county boards to kind of get their house in order. And you know, apply and go out to the clubs and encourage the clubs to 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 look for these uh, GPOs and and the extra funding that goes along with that. 
Like, I mean, Dublin, obviously, and, and, and I think Cork and maybe one or two other counties, I mean, John Costello is essentially the CEO of, of Dublin GA. And, I mean, he obviously deserves enormous credit for, for what's happened. But he's obviously got, he's a full-time position there. Um, like, say, for instance, each of all, all, all the officers, officer roles in, in, in Dublin GA, like, say, for instance, the PRO in, in, in Dublin GA, like, the PRO is one position, but he is a, me- he is a media and marketing team working underneath him, like, you know? So it's 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 like it's I suppose the 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 benefits are are money and and it, it like to say that you know money doesn't make a difference it it's, it 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 really does like you know and it's kind of it, it to fail to acknowledge that like that it does and it doesn't have a, an effect on the senior team kind of misses the point. But it's it's a ludicrous it's a ludicrous comment for someone to actually turn around and, and even be and especially somebody in a position of that authority in the GEA to say that you know this doesn't affect what happens to the senior teams. This is just directly to the the underage. It's just it's just baffling. I I actually can't believe there's no like obviously he's going to say it was a Freudian slip. He didn't you know. It, but it's just it it it's stupidity of the highest order to even. Well, he might do because but he's never he's never actually uh i suppose retracted that statement or or anything i mean that that might still be the position and i'd love to actually talk to him about it um you know because yeah, that that's coming from that level in the ga is just like i mean god it's it, it really is mind-boggling it's it's you know but if you if you if you think like you're probably too young to remember you're definitely too young to remember i'd say do you remember a period like I don't know how old you are, John. Um, you look fair as fresh faced and young. I'm going to say you're about thirty four or five, yeah. are you? Early thirties. Early thirties. So, uh, no, you're grand then. So you would like, like when I was growing up in Westmead, you know, we we had a decent football team, but it, we were competitive as well. Like you had, say, Jack Cooney, Spike Fig, and lads like that there midfield, and you know, Jer Heaven a corner forward. Like those lads, I remember them. As a kid, these were these were kind of heroes to me. Jerhaven was the top scorer in the national league. We got beaten by Armagh in the final. I was up in Crow Park that day, and it was yeah. Do you know that was? I know anyone, and I see it even in Carlo that the whole Carlo rising thing. Like there's a real old parochial pride. I remember us winning the Leinster football championship. It was, I don't know, I don't, I didn't cry too often in Crow Park for the right reasons, but I did that day. It was, yeah. and obviously with my own club players on the field, and even the Athlone boys on the field, the pride that you'd have in that Gary Connacht and Fergal Wilson all from that area, you know, yeah. and and it was massive, but. Back then, like Dublin were still dominant, and say in 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 the early noughties. But back twenty years ago, or even more, say thirty years ago, when the likes of Jack Cooney and them, and when Kildare and 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 and, and Sean Boylan was with Mead and that, Sean Kelly, I think at the time was the president of the GEA at some stage, or he was there, and it was him that had kind of started. Now I'm sure he doesn't credit himself with it, but he 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 is the person who kind of started that monster. He had this massive fear that the GEA was going to be lost in Dublin and if we lost the GEA in Dublin, the GEA is gone. Um, you know, that he, he genuinely believed that there was a massive mm-hmm. fear that we were going to destroy our own system and this is where all of this coaching started, all of this training started and it was the fruits of what he sowed 15, 18, 20 years later that has brought about Dublin's dominance within the GEA. So, on the blueprint of what he created for Dublin, is it not as simple as then turning around and saying, right, let's apply this to the other 31 counties. Let's sit down and look at Westmead and see how can we improve it. Like, Because you take a town like Athlone, like, there's only, and I'm and, and not going to, to the, the parishes out around the town, but there's only two towns, there's only two clubs in the town, uh, Gaelic football clubs. There's there's literally two either side of the Shannon. On our side of the Shannon, there's only us and yourselves. I know St. Bridget's are a few miles out the road in Roscommon and you could argue Tuberclare, Collery, Mount Temple, Castle Daly, all of them. Mm. But actually in Athlone, which is a massive town, there's only two proper clubs. So you have a massive population catchment in around you. And I'm not saying this in any way slaggy. Athlone were relegated to Intermediate a couple of years ago. Gary Castle up until 10 years ago were an intermediate club but you know 12, 13 years ago we rose up to senior and we've been been very good since but I know we're a, a young club but surely if it was in, ingrained in us and trained properly within us Atlone and Gary Castle should be two of the most competitive clubs in the country Yeah look at I mean and this I suppose we're, we're kidding this is really getting it look at my my first I suppose 
allegiance in this whole debate and and from the from the get go is my my club at loan, um, and because you know I'm kind of involved in every level down down at the club with coaching committees all that kind of stuff and then secondly obviously Westmead football like so that's I suppose where all of this comes from I mean so you you, you talk and, and touching on Sean Sean Kelly like I mean I kind of had a, a bit of off from back kind of with Sean Kelly like all you know and he he would acknowledge he says look he says this started under under my regime in the late 90s and I think if you go I think it's in 1997 and like this kind of I'm not proud to say how, how big a nerd I am but I've read the uh, the, the the Congress reports from 1997, which are available in the Pro Park Museum, by the way. Down the walls like, at it. Yeah, sure. At the time, I can't. I just can't remember off the top of my head who he was. There's there's a paragraph in that. I, I think I tweeted it a lot quite some time ago, where he says that the GA is obviously struggling in the capital. Now we need to remember that they had just won an All Ireland in 1995 in the football as well. So now it was their first I mean, All Ireland title for a hell of a long time. Yeah, it, it was, it was. But but even then, I mean, by anyone else's measure, winning the All Ireland in 1995 is not struggling to the point of crisis, which is what it was described as in the Yard Store report. So that the G that that the, the association needed a vibrant GA in in the capital. I can I can accept all of that to to a certain degree. Okay. So obviously, then that's when all of this really started to begin to snowball, and the professional coaching staff and and this GPO model was starting to to roll out. Now, remember, we're talking late nineties, two thousands, okay? Now that model that was rolled out in Dublin has obviously worked fantastically well, and and the people who I suppose put it in place should be should be praised to a certain degree. But what you've seen is that. I mean, there there comes a point where it's like, at, at what point do you say, right? I mean, that's worked really, really well. Uh, I think we can kind of, you know, take the foot off the throttles uh, slightly and just kind of let it, I, I suppose, go organically, just kind of flow and, and and continue to 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 work the way but, it is. But the the funding has continued to increase and increase and increase and increase. And I suppose you liken that now to say. That GPO model that was um, uh, that was rolled out in Dublin over twenty years ago, like I mean, I see Pat Tehan, uh in the national media saying, "Oh, here we go, we're rolling it out for the rest of Leinster now," as if that's something that should be praised. The fact that the, the fact that it's twenty five years later, they're starting to roll it out, and when when they say starting to roll it out like what what smaller counties like Westmead, Carlow, probably Kilkenny, other counties outside of that East Leinster project which which was going on what what they're starting to see and we've we we've seen it this year with that loan GA is that we were approached by members from the Westmead County board and and that kind of thing where it was suggested that we would share a GPO with Gary Castle and Southern Gales Southern Gales, who are the one hurling club in the whole of Southwest Mead. And we're thinking, right, we're from a town, as you said, I mean, if you include the Monksland area, which kind of goes into Roscommon, but we would still get some players from there. We're we're from a town of 26,000 people. And as you said, there are two clubs in the town and one uh, hurling club, which are, are, I mean, really doing great making great strides kind of against against the current down here and it suggests we share a gpo and that that's kind of the level of funding so i mean for if 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 that loan wants to um hire a gpo we then have to pay 20000 euro per year and then the ga and leinster council will then uh, pay the balance of that person's uh, salary or whatever, which I'd hazard a guess would be in around kind of 32, 30, between 32, 35,000 euro. Now, I don't know about any of the other clubs around the country, but 20,000 euro for us to come up on an annual basis is a huge dent in the, in the club's finances, like massive, massive dent. He'd actually be struggling to kind of make ends meet by the end of the year with, with, with all the other expenses. Now, the big issue here is that 
twenty thousand euro isn't as much to clubs in Dublin, and and that's borne out by the fact that some clubs are able to pay the full salaries of GPOs off their own bat in excess of what they're getting from 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 the GA. So while you're, this is where you're really going to start seeing the disparity as they start to roll out this GPO program is that affordability for clubs down the country to take the GA and Crow Park and, and their, their, their provincial councils up on this GPO offer, they're going to really, really struggle. But it's, it's, it's not yeah. really, it's, it's like you take, and I'm just kind of scribbling when you were talking to me there, but you take 1995, it's a year I remember fondly anyway because I was 16 and we, Westmead won the minor uh, football title that day as well in mm-hmm. Crow Park and of course lots of familiar faces to both of us the likes of yeah. uh, Tom Stewart trainer and Joe Fallon and lads like that yeah, yeah. you know it, yeah, and it was yeah. but like which is bonkers in a way because it was probably the highlight of my underage youth um, in Gaelic football it was like I mean Mullingar had about 25,000 people lying the street to welcome the boys home for a minor All-Ireland title I'm living in Kilkenny for the last 12 years I can only imagine what happened if I stood out on the street with a flag after they'd won a, a minor football title or hurling yeah, title? Yeah, you know yeah, the type of way. It's yeah. just because they're st- they're, they're just obviously the last couple of years has been a bit of a famine. It's three years I think since they've won in All Ireland. I haven't seen any crisis meetings yet, but um, in Kilkenny they're just a little bit spoiled that way that they're so strong. Yeah. But the the point that you make was in nineteen ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven, Dublin started to really heavily invest in their county board or in their, their structure I should say for, for coaching and developing and right now on the field of play for the last 8 or 10 years these are kids that would have been 10 or 11 when that process started all at their peak now and they're, and they're, mm-hmm. and they're flying yeah. but like we, we can run around in circles and, and, and kind of hide from it as, as long as we like but is it is it is it simply a case that what's happening is the process that's used at the moment kind of at, talking about populations talking about it else it's 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 dead. It's defunct. That's not what we need to discuss. What we need to discuss is how do we bring Wicklow? We're not asking for Wicklow to be able to beat Dublin in a senior football championship in three years' time, but we need Wicklow to be forty percent better than they are at the moment in ten years' time. We need Westmead to be forty or fifty percent better than they are now in ten years' time. And you know, I'm not saying we should turn the taps off in Dublin either. I, I and I mean this as well, John. I think it would be such a backward step for the sport if we were to punish somebody for being the best. But what we should do is try and make a level playing field to bring everybody else up to that level. Kilkenny won uh, four in a row, went for five in a row on the hurling and they were beaten by Tipperary. They came back again straight away and won another number of All-Irelands. If you look at Kilkenny's success from 2010 to 2020, it's not that far off of Dublin's success in the football. But there was no massive discussions about Kilkenny GEA's dominance what happened was counties like Galway Limerick Clare they took stock of the situation they said right we need to stop these I think referees went very hard on Kilkenny for a couple of years and and I'm not saying that as a Kilkenny Hurling fan I'm saying that because it's what happened everybody needed to stop the juggernaut and like right now we're looking into this year's Hurling Championship and it pains me to say it but I don't think Kilkenny will be at the business end, they'll always be in a semi-final or quarter-final, but I don't think Kilkenny mm-hmm. will be in the... Yeah. It's Galway and Limerick this year it would be the top two. But mm-hmm. it's a sad state of affairs that we have a sport in the country like Gaelic football where 30 teams, I think, can play at a competitive level. In Hurling, there's about 10, uh, 12 maybe, mm-hmm. and the Hurling Championship is 100 times more competitive than the Football Championship. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it's... No, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Dublin GEA don't compete in Hurling. Like, I'll be shot for saying that, but like if the Dublin GA, if Dublin win the Hurling Championship this year, you can come down to Kilkenny and I'll I'll crawl to Athlone on my hands and knees. You know, it's, they're not going to, and they get the same funding as yeah. the football team apparently. Yeah, look, at, I I suppose, and it's very easy. It's very easy, to, and and like the 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 Dubs and the Dublin fan pages on on Twitter and that kind of thing. Who I've had to block pretty much most of them and all that but uh, <laughs> like you know a lot of a lot of them will say like sour grapes and that kind of thing like I mean the the, the Dublin success right it's that I suppose that's what has actually brought this debate to a head but like the success doesn't speak to the inequality of the of the allocation of the funding if Dublin were unsuccessful and still receiving this uh, I suppose completely disproportionate level of funding i would i would hope that we would still be like 
saying, right, that this is not fair. This needs to be sorted out. But it's actually, it's their success that has kind of brought it to a head, if if you follow what, what, what yeah. I'm saying. Like, it's, and, 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 and I suppose, you know, the success to a certain degree, while obviously they have, you know, outstanding players and had a, a, a golden generation, like, I mean, the, the the success has kind of been derived from, as I said, like the, the top quality and the, the standard of, of coaching that, that has been rolled out um, over, over the last kind of 20 years and that. But it's 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 not like, in in many ways, it's kind of, I, I would hope that, you know, if if Dublin weren't as successful as, as they are now, we'd still be making the same argument uh, where, you know, one club, one one county receives thirty nine percent of the total funding allocation in the in the Republic of Ireland. Like we 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 should, and I, I would hope that we would have been making that argument still. But look, it's it's the success that's that's you know brought it to the front of everyone's uh, attention, and and I suppose it's the you know for instance the complete, I suppose. Um, you know the the the, uh, the 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 level of disinterest that's in the Delaney Cup. Like, I mean, we're we're now looking at a at a, at a six in a row situation in the All Ireland uh, football final, and I mean, where's that where's that going to come to uh, to an end? So, I think for the for the general public, the fact that Dublin are winning, um, you know, if it it brings it to the front of their attention, but this was. This this is unfair, even if Dublin aren't winning, and the the other counties should be up in arms, saying that you know there needs to be a more equitable distribution of of the funding, regardless of whether Dublin are, are successful or not. And if, so if like like the point like look, I'm gonna we're gonna get off the point of finances, but you're 100 percent right. It it all comes back to this. It all comes back to finances. I was talking to Kevin Walsh a couple of weeks back, and every. Every fin, every every argument we had, every discussion we had, it all still comes back to finance. You know, if you have the funds, if you have the funds available to you, you can progress. But I just want to kind of flip it on its head just a little bit on the same point. And it's, I want to take you back to 1995 again. Westmead won a minor football title with a with a really good crop of players coming through. Backed it up in 99 with an under 21 All Ireland title again with a great batch of players coming through. What happens when you win a minor football title and what happens when you win another 21 title is, like, if you think back, you were probably, I'm going to say you're about eight or nine, maybe 10 years of age when Westmead won their minor football title. Is that fair to say around that? Yeah, even around that. I'm yeah. not going to do the maths in my head no, here but, now. But, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. the likes of Joe Fallon or Tom Stewart trainer would have been heroes. Like, you know, mm-hmm. in your head, if you're if you're living in that loan and you're 10 years of age, these guys are heroes. Uh, at 1999, we win another 21 title. Desi Dolan comes to prominence. David O'Shaughnessy starts coming on the scene. You know, these lads are now becoming heroes. And they're dragging up all the youngsters to play Gaelic football, whether it's with Gary Castler or it's with Athlone or out Tubber Clare with Fergal and Gary Connacht and drawing them into the club. People want to wear the jersey of their club because they see their heroes playing for their county. Now, at the same time, I was in school in the Marist in Athlone. And we had no soccer in the school. And we had very, very limited rugby in the school. And I mean very limited rugby in the school. It was Gaelic football all the way. They tried to introduce hurling in the school. Didn't end well because you had a bunch of lads that played soccer and Gaelic football being handed sticks and told to go out and hit the ball around the field. So it ended as it should end if you give a group of lads from Atlone that never played hurling sticks and tell them to go out and beat that ball as hard as they can. But we focused all our attention on Gaelic football. So you ended up with a really strong Gaelic football section they opened up soccer in the Maris I don't know if you noticed the very first year they allowed soccer to be played in the Maris the Maris won the All-Ireland in soccer so they've never won an All-Ireland in Gaelic football no they've never won an All-Ireland in Gaelic football and the very first year that Brother Gerard could be good to him allowed soccer to be played in the school the school went and won the All-Ireland which it must have killed himself and yeah. John Parker and a few of the other lads busting yeah. their butts to try and win a football title and the soccer boys rock in and win an All-Ireland but and I'm taking Athlone as an example because it's one that we both live and know inside out. And I'm not saying it's 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 what's hurting our competitive edge, but what I'm saying is it's not helping it. Um, Athlone Town soccer team are on the rise again. I hope they're you know they've had a couple of barren years, but we have a really strong garrison town. So you've got a League of Ireland soccer club, you've got St Peter's, and you've got Willow Park, 
who are really high-end junior soccer clubs. So that's three big soccer clubs pulling from a bank. You have the Buccaneers, who were hugely successful rugby club with fabulous facilities down there in Dubarry Park. But they've also got the flag bearer, um, one of the few guys that's kicked football for both of our clubs uh, in Robbie Henshaw. Like, you know, so what, yeah. what happens then is if, I don't know if you have any kids, John, but if you've an eight-year-old or nine-year-old at home in the house and you're living in Athlone and he's watching the telly, he wants to be the next Robbie Henshaw because that's who he gets to see all the time. And I, and I just wonder... Are the GEA aware of the fact that, like, I, I, I know the Athlone GEA Club and Gary Castle are doing okay, but I wonder, are our membership numbers growing or decreasing as interest falls away on the on the county stage? Do you get me? I know I'm coming around it in yeah, a long-winded yeah. way. Well, look, I mean, I can answer that question straight off the bat, and the membership numbers are are, are going down. Um, and I've seen that with, like, with ourselves here, and I've seen the the figures with Gary Castle as well. And, and what the big... What the big, I suppose, um, danger is and, and where the big fall off is coming is between the 15 to kind of 17 and that progression into adult football. Like, I mean, and the, the the numbers are just falling off the edge of a cliff. And like you said, I mean, it's it's a bit like that, you know, the 2020, um, the, the female uh, sport. Uh, if you can't see it, you can't done. be here. If you can't, if you can't see it, you can't be it, you know. And like... I mean, you know, if uh, being an Athlone man, you know, like, I mean, in in Athlone, far more so actually than Mullingar. Like Mullingar traditionally would be the GAA town, and as you said, Athlone, a garrison town, like a really strong soccer tradition. Like we we've kind of, I suppose, Gary Castle's success at senior level being kind of the the outlier over the last number of years or whatever. But I think even in Gary Castle, they would uh, accept that we're. We're, we're playing third fiddle down here after after soccer and and rugby and then like i mean you kind of hear the i won't i won't call it a debate but discussion that was on the sunday game with pat gilroy and andy McEntee about this this funding issue i see you shaking your head there about that but um like you hear pat gilroy talking you know making the case for actually more allocation of funding going towards dublin because they're losing the battle between the canals to soccer and rugby and you're there you're scratching your head thinking my god i mean like we've been like struggling down in that loan for the last however many years and i don't see anyone on the national broadcaster saying how we're losing the battle down in that loan you know it's it's like we're, we're we're doing the very best we can down here and and like you know in the last couple of years we've we've kind of improved what we're doing at underage level and all that well the, the retention of players from uh, underage to adult football is like is so poor, and there are huge pockets of Athlone that were like we don't get into the far side of town. Like I mean, if you talk about the like kind of over towards Battery Heights and that kind of thing, like like that is soccer country there. Like we don't have a Gaelic football presence over there, and we're trying to change that. But what you're saying, like I mean, if if we had you know greater investment from Crow Park. Um, you could say that's possibly something that we could do, but it it it's just you know it's it's just it's just not happening and and it's kind of left left to kind of the clubs to uh, to to do it by themselves. When like you you look at what the case that was made for Dublin back in the nineties was that we're really we're really struggling down here. Like and the GA have to come in and have to rally behind the county and uh, just give funding that's over and above the norm to to stop this kind of you know crisis that that's happening when you've towns and i'm only using town like towns like athlone but i i know i kind of would have friends from carlo and that kind of thing like you know there are areas of 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 that town as well that would have a very poor ga presence as well and you know like mullingars is similar um and you know it's it, it it seems that there's just a, a failure kind of to to acknowledge that the challenge is that Dublin have had back in the nineties. We're experiencing those challenges challenges in in towns like like Athlone down here, and we have been for a considerable amount of time. But we obviously haven't been the the benefactors of this hugely disproportionate level of funding that 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 Dublin were able to to avail of. So no, but it, it is it is like and it, and I know it comes back to it, but like. Like it is something I think in 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 a, in a county like Westmead, when you've got your your main town, 
that's stretched with, with loads of different options for kids to go to. I think, like my fear for the GA, and I've said this regularly, you know, down here in Kilkenny, you're in a hurling stronghold, obviously, but in Kilkenny, it's not in a hurling stronghold because there's a huge amount of funding and, and I know the, the Kilkenny players are well looked after and the county board is very well ran but it's a culture and in Kilkenny I've seen the pictures in papers you might have seen the picture outside Dunn's there a couple of years ago where all the kids had come out from school and they were getting their lunches and there was about 700 hurls lying against the wall yeah like, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah that's the way it is and it's and it's lovely but I looked at this year's Kilkenny Championship draw the other day now they didn't do all the draw live on the radio because they didn't have that three hours to do the draw. Like you have a senior championship, an intermediate championship, a junior championship, junior A, B, C, D, E, F, hurling championships this year in Kilkenny. There's 12 adult teams in every one of them grades. And then people would say to you, how are Kilkenny so strong? And yeah, they've hit a bit of a bump in the road because they've been so successful a number of years and they're rebuilding again. But they'll be back because they have, I, I know this sounds mad, but they have a decent rugby club in Kilkenny and lots of little small soccer teams but not you know freebooters and stuff they're good teams but every single parish every single village every single inch of Kilkenny is hurling country you go mm-hmm. to Carlow you've got a brilliant mix of hurling and, and, and football there's only five clubs in Carlow five senior clubs in Carlow hurling but them parishes are wall to wall hurling you go to Galway there's probably an even split in that county of hurlers and you know hurlers and footballers you kind of north and south mm-hmm. depending on which way you look but kind of giving you that final just one minute like how what what exactly needs to happen John what in in one minute what exactly needs to happen to just take our county Westmead to put us back up there to make us competitive we don't I don't want us to win five All-Irelands I never got to see us win any at senior so mm-hmm. I'd be happy to see us getting to a Leinster final and being competitive even losing by a couple of points yeah yeah, yeah. well look I mean unfortunately I probably think the the reality is that the prospect of of Westmead you know winning a Leinster title in the foreseeable like this is not going to be a quick fix this is going to 10 to 15 years and possibly even with a huge level huge kind of investment in the likes of Mead and Kildare you know uh they they might be able to bridge the gap between themselves and and, and Dublin like I'm I'm looking at it like at a kind of more grassroots level and we'd just be saying to to, to Crow Park that look I mean, when Dublin was was I suppose struggling as as they put it back in the nineties, like funding and and assistance and the, the appointment of a profession of a, of a full time CEO was uh, was provided, um, to and 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 obviously that the the, the fruits of that labour are, are plain for everyone to see, and I would just ask that the same level of I suppose urgency and i suppose just just care for the for the grassroots level of 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 football and hurling and ga um across the country you know is 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 come, comes from comes from crow park you know and it's it's just it's it's kind of you, you look at it and you say that that you know it's not all money like but that's one thing that's one very tangible thing that can be fixed now and um you know like I suppose for pretty much the rest of the country to bring us up to the level that Dublin are at now, they need to invest disproportionately in the rest of the country and have a look at what at, at the funding that's going into into Dublin coaching and games development and say, right, that's worked really well there. Where can we now go and invest our money to bring the rest of the country up to the standard that Dublin have set? John, you make a very fair argument and a very balanced argument and I do hope that the powers that be within the GEA see sense in what you've been putting forward here because I, I honestly fear if they don't, in 10 years' time, we could be looking back on it saying it's a pity now that Gaelic football has allowed itself slip off the face of the earth um, into a scenario where our championships are no longer competitive because no one wants that. We don't want four-team championships, you know, the Super 8s, this type of crap. We want... Mm-hmm proper hard Gaelic football to be played in every county in the country and I know it's not simple for you either John because I, 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 like you, you're growing up in a in a household there I think your parents are dubs are they um, your dad is yeah my, da- my dad's a dub yeah so that was that was the hardest argument to win uh, but I think I, I think I have no, you, 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 you think you have a dub convinced and then you'd realise yeah. that he's only just letting you settle before he nails you but I'm sure it's not it's not an easy argument and I've and I, and I, 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 I seen some of the stuff on Twitter as well that was being fired at you and I, I, I can honestly say from speaking with you and from listening to you on the radio and listening to you on other shows over the last couple of months 
I genuinely believe it's a fairly well balanced a- a- argument. It's not sour grapes or whinging about Dublin's success. I'm sure you're more than happy to see Dublin being successful, but you'd love to think that if everybody was on the level playing field, and that's that's all we want, really, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And look, at, and for me, like I, I'm looking at this, and I'm just seeing how that really it, the Dublin clubs have thrived under this, and I just love would love to see that for my own club. And and for clubs like like Athlone, you know, because it's a model that was adopted that that was they backed it financially and it worked. And I'm just asking for them to do the same thing for the likes of my club and and maybe not your club. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll be fine. We don't need the GA to help us at all. We'll, we'll get there. John, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Thanks a million for t- for taking the time uh, to have this chat with me. And it'll be very interesting to see what happens over the next couple of years as as this kind of goes to Congress and progresses on. But you've been brilliant with your time and thanks a million for having that chat yeah. with me no worries thanks for having me on Eddie much appreciated that's absolutely brilliant thanks a million of course to John Canellan for joining me for that chat there of course John was the author of that letter to fair and equal funding for all in the GEA which he sent out to all the clubs earlier in the year if you haven't seen it go and make sure and have a read of it have a look at it he's making a very fair and well balanced argument and it's something we love to have on the Clash Act I look forward to speaking with you all again soon over the coming weeks so mind yourselves Hello, Martin here from Morrissey Motors Peugeot Kilkenny. We have the full range of environmentally friendly award-winning vehicles in petrol, diesel, hybrid and electric. Our 208, 3008 and 508 have all won Car of the Year. Our 5008 seven-seater has won SUV of the Year. And not forgetting Ireland's best-selling commercial, the award-winning partner van. That's five in a row, Martin. It is, Brian. That's impressive. Contact the lads in Morrissey Motors Waterford Old Kilkenny today.